Jared Brooks has special. I thought number one would surely be me. I thought I could be what I wanted to be. I thought I could build on life's shifting sands. But Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountains too high and the valleys too wide. Down on my knees, I learn to stand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I thought I had done a lot on my own. I thought I could make it in life all alone. I thought of myself as a mighty big man. But Lord, I can't even walk. Without you holding my hand, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountains too high and the valleys too wide. Down on my knees, I learned to stand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. And down on my knees, I learned to stand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Uh, go ahead and open your Bibles tonight, Psalm 51, and uh, we're going to spin off two of the verses that we used this morning. <clears throat> Psalm 51, 16 through 17. I've got the latest in preacher attire tonight, and it's my latest weapon in preaching machine. If you don't say amen, I just throw a flag on you. And uh, so 15 prayer penalty or something, I don't know. And I uh, don't know what the 15 means, but I just made that up. And uh, so, hey, I'll get that later. I may need it. Y'all know me. I'm walking around down there anyway. So you got to say amen. Get involved. Somebody was talking about earlier, some in the class, about uh, 
you know, us Baptists are right there in the middle. The Methodist church, you'll get escorted out if you say amen. So, and, uh, and if you're in the charismatic church, we're just light, you know, just light to our charismatic church. They, they have a falling out. And, uh, there was, uh, one of Caleb's friends one time and one of his black friends said, uh, Caleb, do y'all ever have anybody fall out at y'all's church? And Caleb said, yeah, all the time. People go to sleep all the time. <laughs> promised land. So, and uh, not exactly the same meaning and uh, what they were intending on describing. But uh, that's what Caleb was. He was really little. And, uh, of course, he know, we've been told that story enough times. He knows exactly what it's talking about now. I want to say thank you to my class. Did did we leave anything in the hope room? We didn't. Wow. Uh, I don't know how many we had. We've got about 30 boxes, reorganized, repacked, hygiene kits, shoes, backpacks, ladies' clothes, men's clothes, little kids' clothes, little girls' clothes, all ready for Brother Ravel. And uh, I was telling also, and I appreciate different ones. This morning service, different ones have moved forward. Now, Sunday night, y'all fell back, but and different ones have moved forward during the morning service trying to make room for our guests, and we thank you for that. Uh, yes, try to be conscious of our morning guests and encourage others to move forward a little bit if you can. Uh, Brother Ed, if he moves forward in, he's going to be anymore. He's going to be sitting in my lap, but uh, that, that's good. They're up here amongst us, and uh, he's up here where he can hear me, and uh, we can talk to each other. Matter of fact, while we got it going on, but uh, I appreciate the class for help. That's a good thing, putting each other to work, which is where I'm headed tonight, and that is what is the goal of our church. Or a church that makes a difference. A church that makes a difference. What is the goal? Let's look at, uh, of course, this passage, Psalms 51 and verse 16. We looked at this this morning, but let's head a different direction. 51 and verse 16. The Word of God says this. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If uh, the end goal of our church... Now, this first of all, it's going to sound... Uh, like it's not entirely accurate. First of all, the, the goal of our church is not to get people in the pews. And even, you could go this far, the goal of our church is not just getting people saved. That's not the goal of our church. Because it's so much more than just getting saved. If you just get saved, then we're, we're a lot of times a, a young Christian or an immature Christian. Uh, in the Bible, sometimes it's called a babe in Christ can, can, can do more damage to the cause of Christ than, than a lost person can. Because they have just enough Jesus, kind of like 
get inoculated and you get used to it. It's kind of like a, a vaccine. Uh, you get just enough of the virus that you're, you get, you, your body starts getting used to it, so therefore you create an immune system and you fight it off. I don't want enough Jesus just that I'm comfortable. I don't want enough Jesus just to say that I'm saved. In other words, when I get saved, I want to grow. When I get saved, the goal of our church is not just getting folks saved. It's seeing people, if we were to sum it up this way, come to a growing and continuing relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you get saved, you come to a relationship. And then you continue and you grow. Matter of fact, so here, he's saying this. When he says in this verse 16, When thou desirest not... Church attendance. Thou desirest not just joining a church, else I would give it. I, that's all I would do. But the sacrifices, much more than the shedding of blood of an animal, are somebody that's a broken person. Notice it says a broken person. And a contrite heart, that just means humble, open, willing. I'm laid out before you, God. I'm yours. I'm your servant. I'm not just, hey, here's your animal again. Boom. There you go, priest. Is that all it takes to satisfy God? Here you go. Here's your ram. Boom. My family has sinned. Here's a lamb. Boom. No. God doesn't just want an animal. God just doesn't want our attendance. God just doesn't want us to take an animal and say, Are you happy now? I showed up. God's not impressed by our showing up. There's two things mentioned here, aren't there? And we're going to build on those two things. Mentioned many times over and over. One of the most famous ones that... We've read before, many of us in this room are familiar with, is 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22. 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22. Of course, this is the famous confrontation between Samuel and King Saul. And King Saul, he he knew he was wrong. He knew he was uh, he was caught. He didn't obey God. And so he was supposed to destroy all the Malachites. And he said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. We did this so we could worship God. And Samuel said, God's not interested in your worship. He's interested in your heart. Notice how he phrased it. He said in verse 22, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight... In burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. What does it mean? What does that mean? How did we take that and apply it to us? To obey, it means this. God is not satisfied with just coming to church. 
How can we be a church that makes a difference? I don't want to be a, you know, I talked this morning about a church that offers the second chance. And to be a people that offers the second chance. And by that meaning, the only way that happens if Jesus is here. And if Jesus is here, that means there's a good chance for you and me to let him out. And that doesn't mean that, obviously... You know what I mean, showing it. That means expressing it. That means living it. A church that actually makes a difference in the community. So our job, and when we come here, my prayer, my preaching is shouldn't be in vain. And by that meaning, can I say something to motivate you to see God wants you to live for Him out there? And that's a church that makes a difference. A church that's locked up on Promised Land Road won't make a a hill of beans difference in the kingdom of Christ. It won't. A church that's outside, a church that goes forth, that's what God is interested in. That's our goal, to see people live it. Matter of fact, here a while back, I talked to Brother Martin and and uh or and he filled in for me on a Wednesday night. He he did this scripture here the other day for me, uh not too long ago when he filled in for me first excuse me, second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one and verse four. Second Peter one four says this whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Have y'all ever seen those some of those little prayer book things, precious promises? And that's where we get this phrase, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. If The only way to have a divine nature is have Jesus inside of you. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know what that means? It just means I'm saved. Satan can't get me, boy. He can sure slap you around. <laughs> Satan can't get us, but boy, he can slap us around. Matter of fact, uh, remember Paul when he talked about the thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan? King James says it this way. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, if you wanted to read that. Don't do it now on this time. But Second uh, Corinthians 12 so whatever, I don't, you know, different people have different ideas what the thorn in the flesh is. Me and Norman were talking about it this morning. But I know this, there was a messenger of Satan slapping Paul around. He prayed three times for God to remove it. Now, we have escaped the the world. We've escaped the corruption that's in the world, but through Jesus. Now, now that you're saved, if everybody in this room is saved, here is God's will for your life. Right here. Verse 5. And beside all this, giving all diligence, add. Add. Here we go with, uh, man, I keep getting the math or in here. Multiplication this morning, 7 times 70. Now we're adding. Addition class tonight. Add to your faith. You got saved. That's it. Man, faith is the foundation. Uh, love is the foundation too, but it's the it's the initi- God initiated love to you. You express faith or trust. You add, you added to your faith. In other words, I'm saved. I trust you, Lord. What do I need to add? Add to your faith virtue. That means good qualities, good stuff. Uh, Paul in Philippians four eight said tells you everything you need to be thinking about. Uh, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance. 
Temperance just means self-control. Temperance just means keeping a hold of your this this flesh. Did you know this flesh loves to do bad stuff? This flesh loves to sin. We fight it every day. And then it says, add to your temperance patience. Oh, man, that just right there eats all of us up, doesn't it? Patience. The ability to wait. And the patience, godliness. And the godliness, brotherly kindness. In other words, being kind to each other. And then to brotherly kindness, charity, which means you put others ahead of yourself. Charity is really self-sacrificing. It's the highest form of love. Brotherly kindness is great. Charity is all the way. I lay down my life for you. That's what, and that's what God, for God so charity, agape the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then it says, notice verse 8. So if every one of us are saved and we're trying to live for the Lord, we're adding all that, if these things be in you and abound, in other words, I, I want to do these, preacher, not, be, not because uh, you, you're just saying it, preacher, I see it right there. I see it in God's Word. They make you that you should, shouldn't be barren, which means this. Put verse 8 in country. God doesn't want you to just be barren nor unfruitful. In other words, what does uh, 2 Peter 1 8 say? Just saved. God doesn't want you what? Just saved. I'm just saved. He doesn't want you just saved, does He? He wants you that. So that you may, what? I got fruit hanging off all over me. <laughs> Look at my life. I just got fruit, fruit, fruit. And if you want to know more about that fruit, Galatians 5. But then it says, listen to this, verse 9. He that's just saved, he that's just saved, if you're just saved, he that lacketh these things is blind. And he can't see afar off. Matter of fact, he's so backslidden. He can't even remember whenever he got saved. Ouch. Didn't know that in the Bible. Man, that's in the Bible. Man, I'm blind and I cannot see. As a matter of fact, I'm so far away from God that I'm so consumed with my own desires and the, what everybody else is saying that, man, I need to get back on track. I need to get to living for the Lord. I need to get my eyes back on Him. I'm distracted. We get, that's the way we get sometimes. If we're just saved, matter of fact, we shouldn't want to be just saved. This is a cool verse. Take a look at this cool verse. I like cool verses. They're, they're, you say some of them, they're all cool, yeah, but some of them are more cool than others. First Thessalonians 3.10. It says, night and day, this, that Paul was praying. 1 Thessalonians 3.10 says this, Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect or complete that which is lacking in your faith. What does that tell me? Paul was praying for them, writing to them, encouraging them. They had stuff lacking in their faith. That which is lacking in their faith. Everyone in our church is a building block or a stumbling block. Everybody. If we do these things, if we add to our faith, we become a building block. But if we're just saved, if we're just saved, we become a stumbling block. How? Because we don't have any fruit. 
And people look at our life and say, well, my life is no different than their life. Or I know what they did. You know, we can be a stumbling block by one mistake. We can be a stumbling block by a lifetime of mistakes. We can be a stumbling block because we don't grow. In other words, we come to church and we're satisfied with bringing our lamb. I brought my sacrifice. I, I Preacher, I put a dollar in the plate. Preacher, I did something. I taught a class. But if we don't live it, if people can't see it, we become a stumbling block. We're not living for the Jesus, for Jesus outside these walls. We become a stumbling block. Building block is the church. Listen. People don't care. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of our building. But people don't care much about the appearance of this as they do of you. And how we behave and how we act. Now, again, I'm not, don't, don't get the cart ahead of the horse. I'm not saying we shouldn't take... I'm, I'm saying, yeah, we need to take care of everything God gives us. Praise, praise Jesus for everything He gives us. But what's more important? The paint on the walls are the fruit that people should see in our lives. And uh, being the church, not just saying I go to church, but being the church. You know what I mean? And being it, living it, and being the kind of Christian that people say, and, and don't let it stop there because a Christian that lives it speaks it and shares it. Not just saying, because you can, if you just say, well, they ought to see my life and want what I have. But what if they see your life and you never share the gospel, how you get saved? People can say, mm, all I got to do to get to heaven is be like Brother Michael. And he just says, go to church. Oh, there's more to it than that. So just going to church could lead somebody to hell. Because they'll equate that with, oh, that's the way I get there. Because they never heard me share my story about getting saved, about messing up, and praise Jesus for forgiveness. And then they share, you share your story, and lo and behold, they say, ah, oh, it's more than just a seat in the pew. It's more than that. And so <clears throat> I, I hope we can be a church that makes a difference. Matter of fact, uh, this very famous passage in Matthew chapter 5, talks about that. Jesus said basically the same thing in the New Testament. He talked about the way you treat other people. He was talking about calling each other names and in Matthew 5. He's, ta he's talking about murdering people with your mouth, running them down, trashing them, running them down. And uh, that's all in the, the 20s, Matthew 5, 20-something. And then he gets to Matthew 5, 23. He says, therefore... If thou bring thy gift to the altar. Again, you see that gift to the altar. He's still in the Old Testament. He's preaching, but the, Old, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. It's just, it's live. He's living it. And they're still bringing sacrifices to church. If you bring your gift to the altar and then you remember, man, me and my, my buddy, we had a falling out. He said, just turn right around, walk outside the church doors. And go straight over to his house. Straight over to their house. That's what verse 24 says. 
try to get things right. And folks, if I could add anything to that that harmonizes with Scripture, of course, you hit your knees in prayer. Say, Lord, I need your help so that my heart will be right and I'll seek out my brother and try my very best. That's a church that makes a difference. And um, coming to church, being ready, doing right. Um, One last thing. In Acts, see the church in action. This is pretty cool. One of those cool passages of Scripture. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, the church, had uh, everybody's just getting saved. Peter just preached a sermon. Oh, by the way, this was the very first church, the church at Jerusalem. There, there might have been others that have, were starting to spring up some places, but we only have a record of the church at Jerusalem, and the very first church that started after the church at Jerusalem that we have record of in the Bible is the church at Antioch. And that's in chapter 10. They sent out a man by the name of Barnabas, and Barnabas went over there. But but this is the church, the very first one in Acts 2, verse 46. The Word of God says, And they continued daily... Not just Sunday, not just Wednesday. Wednesday is only a hundred years old or so, maybe not even that old. But they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread. They went from house to house. They, They had fellowship. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Folks, they were living it. Look at verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. That doesn't mean all people were saved. That means it's going up to all people. Hey, I've been saved. Have you heard about Jesus? I heard about Him. Uh, it was just how, how long ago I heard about Him. Didn't He have, have a bunch of followers? I'm one of them. Uh, didn't He say that He died on the cross? And I heard some about Him rising again. They said, yeah, let me tell you about Him. What he's done in my life. And they would share their having favor with all people. That doesn't mean that all of them were saved. It meant all the saved were telling everybody. And they were going around. Because how do I know? Look at the end of verse 47. Because all those people they were having favor with. And the Lord added to the church daily. Such as should be saved. In other words, the people that were listening and said, Oh, I believe too. And I will follow him. I will accept him as my Savior. This church got excited. They started praying. Flip over to Acts 13. They, they launched another uh, church. And uh, the one I told you about, the church at Jerusalem, launched Barnabas up to uh, Antioch. In Acts 13, verse 3, the church at Antioch. Uh, man, they got excited. They said, what can we do? They sent out the most famous missionary duo known to man. They sent out Paul and Barnabas. And notice this, Acts 13, 3. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. Which means this. Where do we serve the Lord? You see, they sent them, and that's the way we do, house to house, which means this. If you go 
to work or you go into somebody's home, you are Promised Land's missionary in that spot. Did y'all know that? Did you ever think about it that way? You are representing Jesus and promised land whatever place you enter. You are a missionary. That just means, uh, the word's not in here, missionary's not in here. You are a person on a mission. You have Jesus in you. It's up to you to show, to share let them out. Our church. Do we want to be a church that makes a difference? Guess what we got to do? We have to be a church that's not satisfied with just attending, just being here. This is just worship and getting ready. Worship and getting ready. Because what they do with Paul and Barnabas, they let's go. You say, well, I'm not called to preach. I'm not a missionary. Yes, you are a missionary. You may not be sent to another country, but you represent promised land. You represent Jesus Christ. And he doesn't want you to just keep it. He doesn't, and he doesn't want you to just be saved. He wants you to live it. Let's get ready for a hymn invitation. Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight. Help us to not just be saved, but to live the gospel, to, to have fruit, to share, to want to be a church that makes a difference. And it will happen. Everybody pulling together, focusing on you, keeping you as the most important thing in our lives. We ask for your strength. In Jesus' name, amen.